are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks podcast here, part of the Locks On Podcast Network. Your team every day are listening to who? The always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we had a blockbuster move made today in baseball. And no, the Padres didn't pull this one off, but they almost made another move today. Thankfully, it didn't happen. But we'll get into which team did make that blockbuster move, and we'll just break it down. And then also in segment number two today, we're going to be continuing our series where we go through Steve Gilbert's five questions for the Diamondbacks in 2021. We'll answer number four and number three today. But first... If your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LocksOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's talk about that blockbuster move that was made today because if you guys don't know, it was the New York team. No, not the Yankees. It was the other New York team, the new face of New York, the Mets, because the secondary New York teams are about to take over uh, the sports world in New York City. The Mets are looking up and up. The Nets are on their rise. And, well, the Jets almost had Trevor Lawrence. But either way, you got the Mets on the rise. You got the Nets on the rise. And it's feeling good to be the secondary team right now in New York City. And if you guys didn't see today, the Mets pulled off a blockbuster move. It's basically 2020's version. I guess 2021 now. It was 2021's version of the Mookie Betts trade. And if you guys didn't see, the Mets acquired Francisco Lindor from the Cleveland Indians. And that's not all they did. They also got Carlos Carrasco in that deal, too. And who did they give up? Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, two top prospects in Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. And that's all. This was a, phenom- a phenomenal trade by the New York Mets. You add Francisco Lindor, who is arguably the best shortstop in all of baseball. If you just look at the dude's numbers, he's been a 30 home run guy. We're going to take 2020 out because of the shortened season. But outside of 2020, he was a 30 home run guy three straight years. Uh, he's been an all-star from 2016 to 2019. Career 285 hitter, uh, gets on base about 35% of the time. Career OPS 833, can also swipe. Uh, can also swipe you 20-plus bags in a season. That's something he did in 2019 and 2018. And the other thing with Francisco Lindor, he just might be the best defensive shortstop in all of baseball. So this guy, it, 
absolute stud, been a gold glover two of the last five years, been top 10 in MVP voting three of the last five years as well. Silver Slugger, this guy is a stud and he's going to be inserted right into the middle of that New York Mets lineup and right now, that Mets, that Mets lineup is looking scary with Francisco Lindor. I don't even know if scary is the right word. Maybe dangerous. They're a little Baker Mayfield-esque. They're feeling dangerous today because that Mets lineup with Francisco Lindor now in it, it's going to be tough to stop. They are deep. Uh, outside of Francisco Lindor, you still got J.D. Davis in that lineup. You still got Dominic Smith. You still got Pete Alonzo. So that, that lineup by the Mets is going to be so dominant. Michael Conforto, Brandon Nemo, Jeff McNeil. They're going to have about six or seven dudes you feel pretty confident in as a, you know, as a Mets fan, as an offensive player. You're going to feel pretty confident in those players. And the Mets right now, they're building a super team because they may not be done yet. There's also rumors of them still being interested in George Springer. So if you add George Springer to that lineup, I mean, my goodness, they may not just be the best team in the NL East. They could be the best team in the National League, maybe the best team in all of baseball. You're going to have James McCann at catcher, Pete Alonzo at first. You're going to have Lindor at shortstop, J.D. Davis, McNeil, Nemo, Conforto, as I said already. Dominic Smith, your team is going to be stacked, plus a George Springer. Your team will be stacked in. So many people talk about the lineup today, but let's not forget about this rotation. Carlos Carrasco, he's now going to be what? The number four starter in this Mets rotation? Carrasco is a is a stud. I don't think we realize how good Carlos Carrasco has been throughout the majority of his 11-year career. 2020, he was pretty shut down in 2020. 2.91 ERA, 60 innings pitch. His strikeouts per nine was 10.9. Now his hits per nine was a little high at 7.3, but that's still the lowest he's had in about seven seasons. So this is a guy who's a strikeout artist, double-digit strikeouts per nine of the uh, double-digit strikeouts per nine in the last four seasons. His walks per nine was a little bit high at 3.6, but still. If you take out this guy's 2019, because his 2019 was cut short, he only made 12 starts and had a 529 ERA in that uh, 2019 season. But if you take out 2019, 2018, a 338 ERA, 2017, 329, 2016, 332, 2015, 363, 2014, 255, 2020, 291. This guy has been a stud. Take out 2019, like the last seven seasons. And now he's going to be the Mets' number four starter, because don't forget, the Mets had a short-handed rotation this year, and still we got to see a rookie and David Peterson pitch pretty well. We still know what DeGrom does, but don't forget, Marcus Stroman signed that qualifying offer, so he'll be back for the 2021 season. Noah Syndergaard is coming off of injury. He didn't pitch at all in 2020, so he'll be back. So you have DeGrom as your number one. Maybe uh, Stroman as your number two. Then you could go Carrasco if you want as your number three. If you really want to rest Syndergaard, you could put him as your number four. Then David Peterson's your number five. That might be the best one, two, three, four, five in all of baseball. The best straight rotation in all of baseball. And you still got a guy like Steven Matz who at least has you know starting experience in his career uh, as your probably number six starter. So I really like this Mets team. They probably got to fix the bullpen a little bit more, but got Edwin Diaz who is phenomenal in the 2020 season and you can add George Springer to that mix the Mets are going to be fully locked and loaded and 
The other reason why I love this movie is because I feel like they didn't give up a lot. This was the kind of deal that makes me realize and makes me question what are the D-backs motives this offseason? Because they gave up Ahmed Rosario, who's been a struggling major leaguer for the what, the last four seasons? He he, you know, he he's solid uh depending on what you're looking for. He has a little bit of pop. You know, over the course of a full season in 2019, he had 15 home runs, 19 stolen bases, but led the National League in caught stolen bases. Uh, his career batting average is 268, which is solid, but his career OBP is only 302. He doesn't get on base a lot, and his OPS is only 705, so it doesn't provide much power. He, his, his speed is a little overrated. He can hit for solid averages, but he doesn't get on base a ton, so... He's not really that great of an offensive player, probably just an average offensive player, but he's a negative defensive player, so he might not be that good for you on the Cleveland Indians. Hopefully, he shows a little bit more pop, and he doesn't uh, get caught as much on the base pass. And then Andres Jimenez is actually the guy that overtook his job this past season, so you gave up a guy who's been struggling, and then you gave up his backup, essentially, or the guy who at least took over for him. So you could basically say you gave up one position if you're the New York Mets, they gave up Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. That was the Mets' number 9 and 10 prospect in their organization. So they gave up two fringe top 10 prospects, another guy who lost his job this season, and then their backup all for Francisco Lindor. I mean, come on now. That's uh, that's a fleece. That's a fantasy fleece because if I saw that kind of deal made in fantasy baseball, I would just straight up and veto it. And I'm not even a guy who likes to veto contracts, but that one I would veto. And... Carlos Carrasco, he is 33 years old. He is a little bit older, 33, 34, but he's under contract for at least the next three seasons. So if he does continue his uh, pitching effectiveness and he doesn't start to go into a major decline, he'll be huge for that Mets team, only scheduled to make between 12 and $14 million. He has a team option in 2023, so really just the next two years of Carrasco. Lindor is the guy who the Mets are going to have to unload the wallet for because the, the, it seems like the Indians were offering Lindor close to $200 million or more. It seems like Lindor wants over $300 million. So the Mets, they're going to have to pony up some money if they want to keep Lindor long term. But this was the kind of move that I wish the Diamondbacks made. They didn't give up a lot. It would have been like the Diamondbacks giving up who? Nick Ahmed and maybe one other struggling uh, player on their roster. Maybe like a Tim LaCastro and then two prospects. The Diamondbacks to get that done Easily, even if they want to give up a top five prospect, I would have been done. Uh, would have been happy with that. The only thing is, Dimebacks would have had to pay Lindor a fat amount of money, and they would not have wanted to do that. And plus, Carrasco making double digit dollars. D-backs don't have anyone on their roster outside of Bumgarner who makes double digit money, so they wouldn't have done it from the financial aspect. But seeing the Mets get a guy like Lindor in a fleece, not even giving up that much equity. I love that move for the Mets. They're firmly in position to win the National League East and the whole National League, honestly. So hopefully the D-backs could make some moves because, as I keep saying, these teams around them are getting better and the D-backs are not doing anything. So hopefully they make a move and, you know, brighten our hope for the 2021 season. Now, we'll look at MLB.com's beat writer Steve Gilbert for the Arizona Dimebacks. We'll look at his five questions for the team heading into the 2021 season, and we'll try to answer them. But first, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front. 
Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders a part-time in his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked down in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season just finished up, and now we got the playoffs this weekend. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. This weekend, I'm betting on Saints vs. Bears. I have no faith in Mitchell Trubisky winning a playoff game, going against that Hall of Famer and Drew Brees, so I'm putting all my money down on that game. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner on Twitter at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKDOWN for your sign-up bonus. Hashtag betonline. Alright, 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 let's get back into it and let's look at those five questions by Steve Gilbert, beat writer on the Arizona Diamondbacks for MLB.com and number four on this list because we did number five yesterday. Feel like I had a little bit of a Boston accent when I said yesterday, but yesterday's number five question was, are Madison Bumgarner's final two starts of 2020 a sign of things to come in 2021? And I said I wasn't really a believer in Madison Bumgarner. I said he's been on the decline for the last two seasons, and I don't think he's going to have a bounce back in 2021. Now, number three and number four, I think we could kind of put into one question because number four is asking, how will their offense improve? And number three is asking, which version of Ketel Marte will the D-backs get in 2021? Well, I think the offense can improve if a guy like Ketel Marte gets back to his 2019 form in 2021. That's one easy way the D-backs can improve because a lot of their major players and major stars didn't perform up to expectations. I mean, we could just go down the list. Ketel Marte, because sometimes I have to refresh myself of the numbers because it was that bad offensively by the individuals and as a collective real quick let's look at the team's offensive stats from 2020 just to as I said remind ourselves how bad they were because in terms of OPS just in the National League the Dimebacks were 11th in terms of average the D-backs were 10th in terms of run scored the D-backs were 9th which is actually better than I would have even expected by home runs they were 14th had little to no power and in stolen bases they were ninth 
and they were second to last in strikeouts. So pretty much across the board, they were bottom 10 in every offensive category. And it makes sense when you look at the numbers of some of their players. Ketel Marte only had a 732 OPS, had two home runs on the whole season, one stolen base. Eduardo Escobar batted 212, 605 OPS, only four home runs. Uh, Cole Calhoun was really good with the power, 16 bombs. So I really have no gripe with Cole Calhoun except that he only bats 226. David Peralta, he was solid. He had a lot of, you know, he hit for a good average 300, but didn't show much power. Only five home runs on the season. And just go up and down the list. D-backs only had one guy with double-digit home runs. That was Cole Calhoun. Nick Ahmed was good with runners in scoring position, but still, OPS only 729. There was just no power from this D-backs lineup. And if we want to say, how can it improve their offense? They got to improve their power. They didn't hit enough home runs in 2020. They didn't hit enough doubles. They didn't really have that gap power. And part of that is because... They had awful discipline in 2020, especially a guy like Eduardo Escobar. They just would uh, swing out the strike zone so many times, and they had such awful contact. A lot of them didn't have that hard contact on this team. They weren't getting the barrel to the ball, and they weren't waiting for their pitches. I think in 2021, maybe you have to go with a little bit more of a conservative, not conservative offense, but more of an offense where you're trying to manufacture runs. The D-backs, I don't think, steal enough bases. I mean, in terms of bases stolen, I told you they were ninth. I think you could get that number up a little bit more because I think Ketel Marte has some wheels. Uh, David Peralta really doesn't have any wheels. But I think there are some other guys on this team, like a Nick Ahmed, who could probably get to double-digit stolen bases. Of course, we know what Tim Lacasho can do. So I think you got at least a few guys on this team that if you tell them, they, uh, tell them to go, they can swipe you the bag. And then also, when you start off an inning with a double, don't be afraid to lay down a bunt and then try to get that sacrifice fly. I know outs are just so, you know, heavily uh, emphasized now in today's game. I know we don't want to just give out the easy outs. Bunts have really taken a backseat in baseball and so have stolen bases, but I still believe you need to manufacture runs. And I think the D-backs need to do a better job doing that. Sometimes they go through these offensive slumps. I think the best way to do that is say, hey, if we start off with a double, let's get a bunt and let's try to just bring that run home. And I think so. I think too much in baseball right now, we look at those analytics and I'm not saying analytics aren't important, but I think bunts are still important. I think stolen bases are still important. So if the D-backs can have better play discipline, Stop swinging outside the strike zone. Start waiting for your pitches. Build that count up. Get into a batter's count, you know? Don't fall behind in these counts because then you're going to start swinging and trying to protect the plate, and that's when you start striking out more often than not because this team was good with runners in scoring position. A lot of these players, like a Nick Ahmed, David Peralta, were really good with runners in scoring position, but they didn't. They just didn't have a lot of those opportunities. So these guys have to be more patient, not be afraid to manufacture the runs. And Tori Lavello has talked about doing a better job of communicating and getting these scouting reports to the players pre-game and finding a quicker way for these players to make adjustments to opposing pitchers as they're attacking them because they're just not making these in-game adjustments as quickly as you would think. A lot of these players, they like to sit on the bench like a J.D. Martinez and, and, you know, look at that scouting report. Look at what he did in his last at-bat. And maybe the D-backs, you know, it seems like they're trying to put an emphasis on that. They seem like they're trying to get better in that area. 
But a lot of these D-backs offensive woes, as I said before, can be improved if we just get a bounce back season from Quetzal Marte. And I have no reason to think that we that can't happen. I'm just going to chalk up Quetzal Marte's bad 2020 season to the fact that it was a COVID year and a lot of things were different. Guys were out of their routine. Kind of the excuses we make for Madison Bumgarner, but I'm actually going to apply it to Quetzal Marte just because it was just so dang dominant in 2019. And there were just so many good things about him as a baseball player, from his average to his to his OBP, his OPS, his power, his speed. Ketel Marte really did a lot of things nice on the diamond at the plate. Just overall, and he brought such uh, brought such an infectious energy to him too that I think really spread throughout the team. So if Ketel Marte is struggling, so is that team, so is that offense, and it was all evident in 2020. So if the D-backs offense wants to have a bounce back in 2021, Ketel Marte needs to have a bounce back in 2021 because he's the driving force of that team. He's the heart and soul of that team. And if your best player is struggling, it's just going to permeate throughout the rest of the organization. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week we'll, where we'll have more Dimebacks news coverage and insight because remember, it's your team every day. I'm the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!